0: Welcome, everybody, to episode two of our Goat Camp. Spike Camp's partnering up with uh, Goat Alliance to do this series on all things mountain goats. We are lucky to have two Goat Alliance board members on the show tonight. We've got one of our one of our own Canadian guys on here, Marvin, and we've got Adam. So what I'll do, guys, is I'm going to let you each do sort of a little self intro, and then we'll jump into uh, the contents of the presentation. So maybe Adam, maybe you would go first, introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, I can, yeah, I'll go first. Um, <clears throat> hi everybody, uh, my name's Adam Smith. I'm an Alaskan resident. I live in a little town in Southeast Alaska, north of Juneau called Skagway. Uh, anybody up on their history would know that Skagway is uh, the gateway to the Klondike. Anybody um, anybody's heard of the Chilkoot Trail, You know, Skagway was kind of that place where uh, when the gold rush happened, you know, this was the place everybody landed before they started their long march and journey up into the Yukon. Um, I've lived here for just over 10 years now. Uh, My wife is born and raised here. Her family's been here since the gold rush. Um, Lots of family history in this small town. Um, The town I live in is four blocks wide and 22 blocks long. So we're just nestled in the bottom of the valley. Since uh, I've lived here for 10 years, like I said, I'm originally from Kansas, um, flatlander at heart, uh, fell in love with the mountains, came up here. Uh, First thing I got into was goats and bears and kind of never looked back. And became very infatuated with mountain goats and mountain hunting and wanted to be you know a a part of the conservation side of things with mountain goats because in my area there's not a lot of presence um, with the local fish and game and bios and so it was like well you know how can i do more get more involved and then that kind of pushed me over into the Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance. And I've tried to be involved since I think as early as 2018. Um, I became a a regional rep in 2020, 2021 timeframe. And then uh, I joined the board of directors here just this past year. Um, So I'm really excited about where the Goat Alliance is headed. We've got a huge ceiling um, and super excited to, uh, to be a part of the organization.
0: Well, that's right. awesome, Adam. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on and uh, we'll flip it over to Marvin.
2: All right. So yeah, great to, to be here and that we have a nice uh, turnout again on our second session. Uh, so Marvin uh born and raised in BC, have lived in a few other provinces when I did some schooling. I grew up uh, basically outside of Prince George, uh, snaring rabbits, and I pretty much climbed whatever I could find, anything and anything. Ended up in the hospital for a few extended stays because of my adventures. Uh, but you know the saying, if you're gonna be dumb, you better be tough. So hopefully I'm tougher than, than uh, smarts, but uh, still have a few uh, lives left in me. Uh, generally not too concerned about heights generally, but I am claustrophobic, which is interesting. I've been on the uh, Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance board of directors for two years now. And since last spring, uh, the board chair, I'm trained as a civil engineer, uh, work in senior management. Uh, currently I don't really use what I learned in school anymore. And I still say the worst day goat hunting is still better than my best day at work. Uh, I've been married for 30 years. She's been a patient, uh, woman. I got three children and they're growing up really fast. Still have two teenagers, uh, left Uh, my other ones married and i started goat hunting in the mid 1990s Um, and my first big animal was actually a goat and i've been on a few goat hunts since that time i do primarily mountain hunt uh, but i do plan to hunt moose elk and deer when i'm old and i love all things goats including the goat roast that i just ate and that was a november goat so we might get into that later but uh, most goat meat is phenomenal i love it And, yeah, I'm passionate about goats, and that's probably why I'm on the Goat Alliance, because I felt there was a a great opportunity, and we needed representation to me in all areas where there's goats. And a few years ago, we didn't have a lot of representation in British Columbia, so I jumped on, and it's been no looking back.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Sorry and to you interrupt me, there, Mark, you you, yeah. you go right ahead and kick right into your presentation. Yeah,
2: so we'll start here. Basically, Adam and I are just tag teaming uh, the presentation. We didn't really go through it in advance, but we got the slides we went through. Uh, we're going to talk about the goat sex identification. That's really a big component of it. There's 20 slides on that alone. And then we're going to get into the four seasons of goat hunting. And then hopefully we got time for Q&A because we're looking for some good questions and hopefully some good answers. Uh, as you see to, to hunt goats, one must become a goat. You can see there's a fellow climbing that pretty steep mountain there. In that photo, he kind of blends in well, uh, but yeah, goat hunting requires a lot of steep, uh, steep terrain and it gets a little, uh, little nasty at times. Uh, to the first slide here, I really wanna start off sort of in the bigger picture of conservation and the role that uh, hunters uh, play in that. Uh, it's a huge part of uh, the whole conservation of goats is the hunters and looking to make sure that we are selecting the right uh, the right animal and particularly when it comes to goats, the right sex. So uh, we wanna see healthy goat populations uh, throughout all the jurisdictions. I'm assuming we have people in different provinces and states uh, attending this. And there is uh, concerns in some areas more than others, uh, even areas that have high Uh, goat populations there are concerns even in some areas of British Columbia there is a high nanny harvest which is of concern Uh, so the key is and if you see on uh, the photo here that beautiful Darrenette photo on the right side you can see the little ones uh, we want to see more of those uh, little kids coming along each year to ensure that there is a healthy population Uh, moving on to uh, the benefits so we can talk about don't harvest uh, nannies and don't harvest kids, of course, because uh, generally that will not be uh, harvesting a kid's No, your regulations uh, in most areas, ha- harvesting a kid will be illegal. And in most jurisdictions, harvesting a nanny will be discouraged. But there are some areas in particular where there are higher uh, nanny populations. So there are the odd uh, areas that you can hunt nannies. Uh, this slide here, I, most of you have probably seen this, but it really shows um, the difference. This is just a mock-up, but it's probably fairly accurate in some ways. Uh, if a hunter selects a billy, as in the first uh, row there to the left, you can see uh, there's uh, five goats in that, uh, in that top corner uh there's a mix of billies and nannies and then the kid and then if you go down to year 5 you got 14 goats so if you take the one billy out you're left with 14 then if you go over to the middle row where the hunter selects a nanny starting again with the 5 goats and then after year 5 you're down to 10 and then if the uh, hunter selects a nanny with a kid again you're uh, it's a worse situation you're actually down to uh, to 7 goats so that's just a rough uh, you know, sort of numerical uh, look at what the population is gonna be like. And the key with uh, with nannies is they don't uh, reproduce. They don't typically start to reproduce till they're in their fourth year and they don't have offspring every year. Uh, so that's important to, to know they're not uh, mass producing, say two kids a year, every year. So uh, we have to be careful on um, selecting the right, uh, the right billies typically. and i'm gonna pass this over to to adam to take the first one here and start on this section
1: okay so um we're kind of just jumping right into sex id identification and uh kind of just gonna go off the cuff with everybody and i think um what we decided was were, were we gonna have everybody kind of put their guesses for each slide in the chat is that what we decided
2: yeah let's let's try that just to see how it goes i won't be able to see it but yeah yeah and it's going to just be quick at the at the start end just say you think yeah cool so
1: yeah so every time we hit a new slide just everybody if you've got a guess right away throw it up and then uh we'll talk about it and kind of talk about what we see um in each slide so um i'm going to kind of let things progress here um let everybody kind of throw their their thing up don't cheat in the chat either don't look at other people's answers this is uh teachers watching <laughs> okay so we're getting a, a pretty pretty good uh yeah everybody's saying billy it looks like okay so yeah definitely a billy so we could assume that this is a typical urination posture um can't actually i don't know if we actually can see any urine coming out there Um, but like some things that jump out at me, um, if you weren't looking necessarily, he wasn't telling you textbook, like, Hey, he's not taking a piss. Like the the other things you could look at is he's kind of got a little bit of a Roman nose. Um, nannies won't get that. He's got a longer horse face. Um, you can see the glands, the glands aren't very pronounced, um, in the short hair i'm assuming july or august goats um, that have already shed and have these short coats you can really see the muscular structure of the front shoulder which is always more pronounced in in males than females it's just another thing you can look for um, this one does not have a urine patch or a dirty patch on his back haunches um, which is always a good indicator to look for but um yeah everybody looks like they came up with billy there so that's the first one. Um, if anybody has questions as we're going through these, if you throw them up in the chat, I feel like that would be good, so that we can just hammer them as we go through, uh, and, and instead of at the end somebody being like, "Hey, on this slide, on this picture, you know, what about this?" So, if anybody has questions, please throw them up. Um, I'm kind of monitoring the chat as we go through here. Um, moving on to the next one here. On what hey Adam, I been? have a quick quick question. Just
0: sorry to yeah. interrupt here. Uh, With
1: regards to the, with regards to the glands, um,
0: what, you know, what brings the size up or I guess they probably don't reduce in size. Is that just age as they get older, the glands get bigger. Is that an age indicator or what, how does that work?
1: Um, I don't know if Marvin has a better answer for that than I do. Um, I, I do know that, um, you will see glands in nannies, um, from time to time, but I believe it's more of a, a rutting thing. um and correct you can anybody can jump in and correct me if i'm wrong here but from what i recall hearing was that um every you know every time they go through a rut process you know their glands will swell and um i've actually seen billies rub these glands on alders you know as they come down low to rut and i've seen them you know polish their horns but they're rubbing those glands on alders and stuff and and i'm i'm not a biologist and I, i don't have the answer to that but i do believe that it is rut related um i don't know if marvin wants to chime in if he has anything or if yeah i mean
2: or... i typically haven't seen uh you know there are the glands earlier but it seems like more in the rut that they're going to be uh larger and more noticeable but it is true there are nannies uh, that show the glands typically not as pronounced um, but yeah typically it's more in the red.
1: yeah and and i don't know if there's if there's any kind of a correlation with uh the glands you know, being more large on certain animals than other animals. It's a great question we can field to one of our biologists. I'm actually going to write that down. Um, Uh, No worries. uh, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to know the answer. Um, Marvin, you've got me on the slides. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. What do we see on this one? Um, I can tell you as you guys throw your um, answers up that, my knee jerk on this one is that it's a young goat. And um, what tells me that is you kind of see his face and and it looks cute and small. Um, Typically with a larger Billy, you're going to get more of of a longer face. Like you think of it in terms of triangles, you get more of an equilateral triangle out of a young goat. And then you get more of a a longer isosceles type triangle with an older goat if you're looking at him head on it's kind of a way that i think of it sometimes um he's got incredible growth uh if you look at him close he's like i don't know i gotta blow it up here on my screen i think he's maybe you know five at the most um so for a goat to be to be that young and have that kind of horn growth some notes that i had on this billy um are he's probably from somewhere in southern bc because i know who took the photo um <laughs> he's got a short cute face um obviously he's still grown into his body but something that was kind of a red flag to me was um which is something i've experienced is, in the field is these kind of goats can be somewhat deceiving to an inexperienced hunter uh you might see horns like that on a billy like that And think, wow, this is a 12 inch billy. Like I'm looking at an absolute hammer. He's going to go book. And then, you know, we all know what the term ground shrinkage is for a reason, because you'd see those big horns and it looks like they probably are big horns. Um, But you know you can get into that situation if you have a a young goat with good growth early so it's just something to keep in mind when you're in the field to take in all of the different variables that you're looking at you know he's got great bases obviously um screams that he's a billy right um he's kind of got a little bit of a a dirt patch on his on his haunches there on the um on his rear quarter um and you can kind of see the glands, but again, short, cute face tells me it's a young goat. If you're out to harvest a Billy, that's a good Billy. Like, but a lot of people personally would like to see an older age class goat. Let him walk, you know, and maybe come see him in, in you know, three to four years, and when he's really put on some growth. Let's go ahead and go to the next one, Marvin. Okay,
2: so I'm out of. Pre- I actually can see every see the screen now better, but now I'm out of presentation mode. They're saying. <laughs> you see that i don't think it's a
0: big deal but yeah whatever works for you
2: yeah so there i can at least like i can see but like i can see okay let's see how i do here oh that's weird okay so i'll just move on to this one um i should have mentioned this more at the outset but the fact we're just looking at photos and basically just a, a one point in time, which makes it, uh, you know, we're not seeing the full picture, uh, we basically looked at a zoomed in goat, uh, in general on all these photos, uh, obviously, um, the time of year, you can sort of tell, but it's the larger context. Uh, and that's what you can see more when you're out hunting, of course. Um, so yeah, just looking at one photo and that's probably what we'll see with a lot of these is it, it can be tricky. Uh, you're looking at one angle and one, basically one point in time. Um, So you can't really notice, you can't see the goats moving. It's hard to sometimes uh, establish, say, an age uh, because an old Billy will, or an old nanny or Billy, uh, you'll see their gait, their walk is going to be a little more labored. Um, So yeah, I'll just uh, get into this one here. Let's say what's the middle goat. So let's do the poll. Yeah, i can actually see that
0: so marvin while we're waiting here for the answers coming in you mentioned that an older billy will have more of a labored gait and walk like just sort of like the rest of us the older yeah. you get the stiffer you get okay
2: they they do i haven't it's probably in it's in nanny's too of course i just noticed it more sure. Billy's because i'm really looking at the billy's so yeah i'll be showing some photos mm-hmm. later of, of the older ones and not i can't show the gate unless i have the video but Okay, fourth one, what do we got? Fourth one in the back is a billy. I'm seeing three goats, but someone saw a fourth one. Middle looks like a billy, okay, yeah. So uh, obviously this looks uh, more like in the rat. Uh, that's a typical uh, situation that you'll see. Uh, that is a, what I'd call a younger billy in the middle uh, the two flanking on the outside more would be the nannies. You can see that they're just very thin horns. Uh, that middle one again, larger body, a uh, little bit, a little bit dirtied up in the rear. Uh, so that's typically what they will do more in the rut: is they'll uh, urinate in their beds and that sort of thing, and get all dirty and smelly. Uh, but not a maybe not a really large billy, simply because uh, the bases aren't that close together. You see the large scent glands um face wise i can't really see how mature that is um but i'm gonna guess that body's pretty big he's probably five or, or a little bit more than that but just not a large um cord mass on that one that's probably like a nine nine inch billy, say tops uh let's see what else here obviously the large front end um, so yeah i think i think everyone did reasonably well on that one from what i can see
1: I would jump in here and say that um, in a a few experiences of mine, um, those glands can get very swollen and deceive you to the size of the horns, especially during the rut. So um, I encountered a Billy a few years back that, um, to me, I thought he was small and then got in tight with him and turns out you know he's got a rings stacked for a few inches and his glands were so big that his horns like this billy in this picture they looked small so it's just it's another one of the many variables to keep in mind when you're hunting goats that time of year yeah
0: and you can see glands on the uh, nanny to the left too so i guess they're they're more of a secondary sort of indicator right
1: and, it, yeah. and it's very geographical too right like it's and i think we'll get to this later too but it's just something to keep in mind you know every area is different so getting in and and knowing the goats you're hunting and and what is typical to see in that in that specific you know gene of goat on that area is it's important to consider for sure
2: yeah see the problem with this is now i can't even forward the okay uh let's try that All right. So let's see what you put down for this one. So I can't see any responses, but, uh, Adam, do you want to, what do you see in there?
1: Oh, we're seeing Billy, Billy, Billy. Yeah. Three Billy's so
2: far. So, Again, the context and Adam had mentioned it uh, of kind of knowing where, uh, you know, what what part of the part of a, a province or a state uh, these goats are from. So, typically, knowing that this is a uh, that's a Danny that's a Danny Queen one, but same with a lot of the uh, Darren's photos. If they're taken down in the Okanagan area, the genetics are phenomenal there. Um, many of the uh, the nannies are pretty heavy horn so in this one here you'd probably want a better look at it i mean yeah i would say initially it looks like a billy uh from that horn uh, but it's probably not a bad idea to 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 give it a little bit more time see if it stands up um I, i can't quite it looks like a fairly mature face on it i don't really see a roman nose but he does he assuming it's a he looks fairly uh fairly mature uh, but again, because of the area, and knowing that's probably an Okanagan uh, goat, I would I would take a better look yet. Because you can't necessarily see, it looks like a c- pretty good curve on that horn, but you can't really see with that dark background if there is is a kink in there or not. Um, so yeah, I would say this one you'd want to observe a little bit further.
1: Okay. Okay so this one um let's keep in mind as far as hunting ethically goes what we saw in that last image um this one's pretty obvious what it is but the reason i picked it was just because if if you're not aware that nannies typically will bed um downhill from their young kids you know to keep them from falling asleep rolling off Um, the mountain this is pretty typical and you'll see it a lot especially earlier in the season Um, as those kids get older things will change but um, this is just something that I I wanted to show to to just keep in mind if you're out in the field like you most likely will see this and if you're not for sure what you're shooting at (laughs) this is just a good reminder you know like we learned when we were kids you know to know our target and what lies beyond it Um, because it would be a bad day to walk up and and realize oh no what did i do right so that's why we wanted to make sure we included that one because like i said i was a flatlander not something that was common knowledge to me um and you know time in the field i've been fortunate enough to learn that but i thought that was something that was important we throw out there to everybody
0: does that um help them uh, defend like aerial predators too
1: in that Bedding position? I guess it kind of would, right? I would imagine so. And you know, just like anybody, if you're sitting tight to the hill, you're not going to see anything from below, like you are from above. So it'd be kind of silly for for mom to be on the inside of the. I think it's just natural predation protection. But yeah, I I, I personally haven't seen aerial attacks, and that 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 picture was taken on Kodiak Island uh, in twenty. 17, I believe. Uh, There was a Billy in there, too. He gave us a slip. Um, Ultimately, we ended up getting him. But um, I thought that that was a Billy, and I I kept working around the hill, and I was like, oh, that Billy grew a set of nursers and has a baby. Okay. Yep.
2: Make sure I'm on the right one here. Okay. got this one. So let's go with... Let's start off with the two, uh, basically the two goats on the left in the left photo. So first first put down what the uh, the left one would be and then the right one. And then Adam, if you could sort of, just before I start talking, kind of what are you seeing there for responses?
1: so far we have i'll I'll just go ahead and quote them holy that bottom guy couple dandies top is billy 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 on top i think everybody's talking about that photo on the left there
2: yeah they're looking at both yep. like those photos. Yep. yeah 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 because the, the right one's different goats but okay so it looks like billy so yes those are uh those are both billy's uh in basically in november in the rut Um, for interest sake that top one of course you can see it's it's a smaller goat Uh, even the face is not super mature Uh, but you can see the horns look pretty good pretty good length Uh, it's got that dirty uh, dirty rump Um, looking at the hide condition this is another thing i look at just for aging so this goat looks um, pretty nice condition. You look at the other goat here, just to the right, uh, that goat's a very old goat. So uh, I would say it's about 12 years old, looking at other goats, uh, kind of comparing to other goats I've seen. Uh, I was looking to take that goat. It didn't work out. Um, but I would call that a, a fairly old goat. And the way that goat moved around very slowly, very methodically, it didn't have a lot of time for the younger goat here uh you can't really see the horns very well but they do look like more like a billy uh, a little bit thicker um, in general Uh, that's probably in in size wise i mean they look sort of similar size wise i'd say as a goat gets really old they're probably going to lose fat and and some of the muscle mass Uh, this goat up here is a four-year-old billy Uh, it's a nice it's ten and a half inch so we took this one my son took this goat because uh, it was the only one that presented after a while. This is a day before um, we got into closer range. This is this photo is taken from 350 yards away with two canyons in between. So looks like we're close, but uh, these goats would be very difficult to retrieve. Uh, so we did not shoot them. And that distance for me personally is getting out there a bit, as far as my comfort zone for, uh, for shooting an animal, just because sometimes you don't get a lot of extra shots and that distance things can go south. And then first of all, you cannot, you may not be able to retrieve the goats. So uh, yeah, that's those two goats.
1: I'd I'd hop in real quick, Marvin, and say that uh, something to keep in mind when you're looking at what you've already distinguished is two billies together. Um, And if you're having trouble with horn length or whatever, kind of what Marvin had mentioned aside from the coat condition is if you look at, so growing up in kansas we call them swayback, back right so you see the saddle on the larger goat and how it's more defined whereas on the younger goat his saddle on his spine on his back there is not quite nearly as defined and typically you'll see more of a pot belly on the older goats more of a, a sagging belly on yeah. those older goats too and then of course the face um just screams yes. that it's an older goat but that's just an, another thing you can look at and look for yeah. when you're trying to determine age from a long distance
2: so i won't ask you to ask what these goats are uh they're billies as well but i just want to show like this one was an old goat this one you can see the face this is an old goat as well this was a 13 year old billy that we took Uh, basically it's the same goat here on the upper right that's bedded Uh, here the upper right goat is standing uh, before it was taken again the hide looks a little better than the other one but uh the way that goat moved and the hide and the face was very droopy. Uh, So we got onto seven mature billies between five and 13 years old. And this old one, like it just stood out. That's an old goat. The face is very droopy. The body, the belly was sagging and it moved really slow. Um, So yeah, I just want to show like old goats are pretty, be pretty apparent if you can find one, they kind of jump out amongst the crowd. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say on that. Uh, oh, While well, we got the horn length here, I mean, I, I don't really get into this anywhere else, but uh, for judging horn length, I always go from the tip of the nose uh, to, the, to the corner of the eye. And typically on big billies, that's gonna be about eight inches. And I just do a quick measurement and that's where it helps with phone digiscoping gigis, is I just quickly measure it on my phone. i say, put my thumb between the nose and the eye, and then I put that right up to the horn when it's sideways and move my thumb up on the photo. And if that looks like it's two inches beyond uh, uh, the measurement I just took, the eight inches, then it's probably a 10 inch billy. And that's that's a pretty good billy to take generally. Uh, so yeah that's kind of what i like to look at is the side profiles Uh, some individuals use the ear length of i think it's four inches i never use the ears because the ears i don't know they can stick out they just don't they just don't give a good indication to me personally i know others do that so i don't know what you do adam
1: i typically do the same as you Um, okay but yeah you keep in mind with a big old horse face billy can throw you off too
2: yeah yeah, but most I measure most goats I take, uh, or i don't whoever I'm with takes. I always like to measure right away just to see if that uh, eye to uh, to nose measurement. Of course, that's coastal goats. So if you're talking more interior in the Rockies, your goats are going to have a smaller, um, you know, bone structure. Uh, so it won't be the eight inches typically. okay let's uh what both these goats are let's put your guesses down
1: can you see him Marvin
2: no No, I've I've got into the full screen because you can see my full screen, right? Okay, yep, I got you.
1: So we have Billy's nannies, 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 nannies based on horns. We have some more people typing still.
2: Yeah, so yeah, I'll probably start talking here while they're uh, finishing Mm up. Um, Again, it's seeing the broader context and these two goats are in a very large group. I can't remember if it was 40 or 50, but it was a pretty large group of goats. Um, and typically in the summer, if there's gonna be a large group together like that, I mean, you're not gonna generally see a group of 40 billies. Um, it's nannies and kids for the most part, but these ones are interesting because there's a really dirty butt there on the, on both of them actually. Um, so, you know, you first look at that, the bodies look all right. They're pretty pretty beefy. I'd say they're mature, mature nannies. Uh, you look at the horns, you can actually see probably more, uh, both of them. If you look at the tips, there's actually, you could see the kink on them. So they kind of go straight up, then they kink. And just generally there's less mass on both of those, right? From the bases all the way up, uh, quite thin on the horn. Uh, but if you just see these two goats together, depending on the area you're hunting, you know, you you could be deceived on these ones, but again, I think looking at the sideways, when they're sideways views, you'll see those uh, those uh, those horns kink at the tops quite a bit. Um, Mature-wise, I would say that left goat, I could be wrong, looks a little bit more mature on the face, um, but that's just my guess and the, and the, the body, uh, it's hard to say, but I, I was just guessing that that left one's a little bit older, but again, Uh, a couple nannies and another thing of interest i don't think we've mentioned it too much uh in the summertime so this is late august the capes on the nannies are going to be in rougher shape uh, for the most part Uh, so late august with billies the the hides the they're starting to winter up a little bit they're more uniform Uh, they're to me usually about a month ahead of the of the nannies Uh, so in this case here you see especially more on the right goat uh, you know, the hair is a little bit rougher there. It looks like it hasn't lost all of its uh, previous year's um, scruffy hide there yet. So that's another thing that I, it's kind of easier in the summer overall, like say August and September to tell the nanny from a billy just cause they're not as haired up. But then one of the first indications, I always look at the hide condition and the billies generally look a lot better. Okay, this is the last of mine for, well, for a bit here. Um, this one, take a guess.
1: I guess while people are guessing, there's something that came to mind while we were talking about that one is something to keep in mind is when uh, when you're trying to sex goats on the mountain, um, time of year comes into play huge. Like obviously none of us are, are hunting them in the the early summer when the nannies are up having their kids but you know early in the summer you're going to see the nannies and the kids uh, at least in my experience way 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 up high in the cliffs um where they'll birth their kids for that year and so just like depending on the season and um where the goat is on the mountain a lot of times will tell a story too that's just something that came to mind
2: okay how uh, what are the guesses looking like
1: uh we have billy old billy nanny billy big nanny question mark a super nanny until i see another view good mass but do the horns have kink nanny we're kind of all over the map here
2: yeah this was a tough one i stared this is zoomed in this is from quite a distance away uh this was a single goat you know by itself all the time i think i saw it on the way out as well uh, so this one, we looked and stared and stared, but uh, after a while, we concluded it was an old, dry nanny. Uh, you could see kind of the, the, the back, the hip structure, the bones. It looks like it's got, it's aging. Um, even the hide condition, you can't really tell here because the photo's so zoomed in. Uh, I do recall it walked fairly uh, methodical and slow. Um, it does have decent weight uh, on those horns. So yeah, I, it, it, we had to look and look, cause it looked to me like it had some pretty good mass that it carried. It just doesn't have huge bases, but it's got a fairly mature face as well. Uh, but yeah, we were able to see, uh, you know, the horns, at different angles. Um, and I always, I always say if, I guess one of the assumptions I always think is it's, it's a nanny until I can prove it otherwise. Cause a lot of times if goats are iffy, um, it's either a young Billy or it's an old Nanny, um, and I kind of typically you don't want to shoot either of those. You want more of a mature uh, Billy, five to five years or, and older. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's kind of like assume something's a Nanny, and 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 try to prove it into a into a Billy. So yeah, that's that's what this is. Is this a Nanny? What we figured. Okay, Adam.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of fun because it's pretty similar photo. Um, and to play off what Marvin said is is um, it's kind of like anybody that has sheep hunted in the past. There's you know like legal, it's the legality portion of it, right? Like a lot of guys go sheep hunting. They they assume every ram they see is is not legal, and they find. You know two or three with different ways to prove it legal it's it's the same with goat hunting it's it's better to err on the side of caution um and in, in my experience what i found is when you find a good old mature goat you know and there's no question And like marvin said if there's any question you probably should just err on the side of caution and walk away from that goat um we're getting an overwhelming amount of billies. um
2: yeah i would have said yeah. billy too
1: yeah well s- sam <laughs> nelson my, my hunting buddy's in here and he commented what a beast so the goat if anybody's in the chat the goat's profile picture that's the goat that's sitting here um so this was a. Uh, what did we decide he was sam chime in in the chat here he's a he's a good billy um we had watched him the night before um he's 13 yeah thanks sam so 13 year old goat um hammer time um you see he's got that roman nose um he's he's got that dirty rump um we i think we watched him for like three hours eating our dinner the night before opening day and then opening day we woke up and he was gone (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of a a gong show but uh sam ended up making a great offhand shot at about 140 yards we got up into his bedroom and found him and story was great but um that goat left no question um we've got some video later on in the slides here um spoiler alert uh and you'll get (laughs) to see him make, make his bed but um he was a hammer from the start and when you see things like that nose and just the way that he moved and how methodical he was with every step he took you know it looked like there was attitude and and thought in everything he did um so when you see a goat like that there's no question
2: okay looks like this was mine okay let's guess let's guess the upper one obviously the middle looks like a kid bottom one obviously looks more like mom and how's the guessing coming in on that upper right goat we have
1: billy young billy looks like a young billy um people are chiming in on the bottom one calling it a nanny Mm mm-hmm young billy up top young billy up top yeah i'm going to go ahead and say that the middle one is a kid
2: that's what i thought it looks uh, i can't would billy or billy or nanny
1: you know it could be a young caribou it's hard telling
2: (laughs) okay so we're going to keep moving along here so that upper one i would say yes is a billy now if you look at the body and compared to the nanny down below, I would say they don't look much different. So uh, I don't think we've mentioned it yet. Is that often uh, the two-year-old Billy, say even anywhere from one to three, they'll still hang sometimes around with mom and the uh, nanny and kid groups. Uh, so this to me is probably a two, maybe a three-year-old Billy. I, it's hard to count the rings here, but. I don't see a lot of rings. It's just that body is not much bigger than the nanny, so that's telling me something right there. The face is as well is not very really thick. It looks like a youngish looking face. Um, so that's. But would it have a slight? Yeah, just the horns itself would say that's a billy. Um, I don't see a kink there, so just there's some good mass there. Okay, what's your guess on this one? What time of year do
1: you think this, this photo was taken, Marvin?
2: Oh my goodness. This one? Yep. That's gotta be like well. That's a dan- that's a Darren Epp one, so Did that's you, definitely in the heat would be of the my summer. Guess. It's when June,
1: I would guess mid June. He already put it in the chat.
2: (laughs) I was going to say maybe early July, but it's definitely not,
1: it's mid June. Yeah,
2: it's mid June. Yeah, I mean, that thing is that thing is pretty hairless. That's about as hairless as you find them, but given location, right? It's it's in the desert. What are you getting for responses there, Adam?
1: We've we've got nanny, uh, an honest I don't know nanny I think question mark old nanny question mark.
2: That ah, horn looks pretty heavy though.
1: Yeah, so um,
2: if if I was
1: guessing this for my area, I would have really had to sit there for a while before I made a determination. Yeah, because yeah, those so... are those are heavy horns.
2: Those are unbelievably heavy and that's kind of, again, knowing your area. So if you're in a certain area with unreal genetics, yeah, you, you better take a good look. So as you can see, there's a young one right with it. So again, in this posture here, you should be able to and we haven't really got into that, um, you know, looking for teats or looking for a set of nuts or, you know, looking for their, their sex organs. So that's in this one, you would probably have seen that as well uh, again, the body it's hard. I mean, it looks, if you just saw this goat alone, it would probably look fairly beefy, but if you had billies in the area, this one will have a lot less, you know, mass in the front end. Um, That horn doesn't really kink a lot, but it's not a real noticeable kink, but it does look fairly straight and then it kind of bends. It doesn't have that curvature kind of early on. It's kind of just more at the tips. So, cool photo though okay looks like I'm up for this one so we'll take a guess
1: I didn't notice this last time I looked at this slide but there's grass in his horns. So that's kind of fun like he's been either getting yeah. tangled up in them or getting right. rowdy
2: yeah like what's he doing that for <laughs> <laughs> he's might be trying you know what he's trying to get is some of the fresh new yeah that, the, the, the new green up
1: yeah he's digging in it, finding some good stuff
2: it's a john Timmer one so this is probably down south in the states
1: you know a colorado goat maybe yeah so, so we're seeing billy billy young billy billy yeah. billy yeah, so. <laughs> like jamie meher asked does the river start with a k <clears throat> rack around washington
2: there you go oh so washington when, goat
1: there you go thanks washington,
2: oh it's washington okay
1: yep who
2: who said that who knew that darren darren knew yeah okay
1: that, that the nose all says all bees all
2: so i would say this one i'm looking at a goat with fairly short horns and not tons of mass but heavier in the bases you could see a little bit of the you can actually see a bit of the scent glands and more mass the face to me looks a little bit younger
1: hides in great shape
2: hides in great shape except the rear end i don't know what happened
1: (laughs) don't worry about that guy guy. (laughs) don't worry about him
2: (laughs) so yeah i would say this is uh this is definitely a billy okay we'll keep moving along here we're getting closer to an hour coming up. Okay. Just guess the, uh, the far left one.
1: We have one, two, three, four nanny guesses so far.
2: Oh, just just the four guesses.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, we're a little bit more reserved on this one, which yeah, is yeah, I think good, it's a good little, taste.
2: There's like they're thinking this one out. They're comparing all three here. <laughs> you think it's a trick question?
1: Ed hasn't well, chimed in yet. I noticed.
2: Ed, okay, we want Ed. I'm not going to carry on <laughs> till Ed chimes in.
0: He's thinking. He's thinking.
2: Ed, you're overthinking it. If you're overthinking it, then that probably tells you something, right?
1: Or maybe he's maybe he's finishing up dinner. We should throw him a bone uh, here. Nolan he's... chimed in and said, "Long nanny. We got a couple more nannies in there."
2: Okay, no no billies though.
1: No no billies.
2: Okay. That's a that's a but chris nanny, clark
1: said xy chromosomes
2: chris okay so that is a nanny oh Ed had but, to go Ed, Ed left. yeah i think I Ed that. had to leave yeah yeah okay so that's an old under nanny. the bus um that that goat was uh was taken and yeah it was an old it was an old nanny uh, but from a long distance away that's that's a pretty gentle curvature on those horns and there's pretty decent mass and i guess this is one of the key things is goats that are bedded can often look bigger in body just it's always good to kind of have a goat kind of moving around um i mean shooting a bedded goat's also a little bit more difficult um seems like things can go south a bit more on a bedded animal but yeah kind of having that animal stand up uh, to get a better look at it uh, but it was a single a single nanny. Uh, but yeah, it would have a, a smaller front end, but it's a little harder to tell when they're bedded. So going to the middle photo, uh, that again is a, that's an old nanny, um, shows a little bit more kink, but from a longer shot, again, without say having good binoculars or a spotting scope, uh, it shows a little bit more mass, but you may not pick out uh, if it's a hot day uh, with the dark background to pick out, there's a bit of a curve on that uh, on the tip of those horns. Uh, that was a 10 year old nanny, that middle one. And uh, that far uh, right one, that's a, a nanny as well. Uh, that's me about 25 years ago. So we're not really on here to shame anybody that's taken a nanny. Uh, I've taken a couple of nannies myself. So, um, but.
0: You know, on that note, guys. Um what's the role and I guess benefit of a uh, super nanny in like the local goat population? Like what, if they're past their prime, what's their role?
2: They, they actually are somewhat leaders of the, of the herd. Um, So they actually do play a fairly important role. Um, I'm not sure exactly the age that they stop reproducing, but I, 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 I can't recall. I don't know if anyone else can chime in on that one. Um, you know it does a 12 year old nanny still the, still produce i bet i would guess after 10 it's probably hit and miss um but up to, up to 10 i'm sure they're they're producing uh, but they do have a fairly yeah i've i've read some of the papers they do have a fairly strong leadership role in in the group okay. yeah that's
1: that's kind of spot on um yeah i would i would say that they're a little bit more um moody too it seems like anytime i've i've blown anything and, and been around a nursery group with nannies and kids it seems like that old grandma finds her way to the front and lets you know stomping her stomping her hoof and kind of giving you the business um this shot here as answers are starting to come in um i'm actually going to let them come in for a second here before we yeah. go diving in. Um I did want to mention that Marvin talked about um you know letting a goat stand up and kind of tell you things a lot of times after a goat's been bedded for an extended period of time when they stand up the first thing they'll do is take a piss and that will tell you right away what it is so if you're having lunch or having dinner and putting a goat to bed like it it's kind of important if you're not sure on on a group of goats to have somebody on the spotter or or binos whatever it is and have somebody dedicated to watching them because but you know before they go to bed they're going to take a piss and if they've been bedded all afternoon when they stand up they're probably going to take a piss and that's going to tell you right away and then you can use that to identify you know the different goats in the group or whatever. <laughs> Or it'll maybe it'll give you the the green light go and you can make a plan and go hammer a billy first thing in the morning. So so far we're seeing left nanny nannies nannies nannies. So yes, these are both nannies. Um, this was taken during the rut. Uh, I just thought it was a great photo because it gives you the perfect profile um, looking on, and then you get the great side profile of a little bit of an older goat there on the right. Um, something to note for every area is a little different for my area most nannies will splay out with a like a nice y like you see on the nanny on the left there and then they have a pretty distinct kink as you see on the right but it's like night and day obvious for me in southeast here when you see a nanny she splays out like a y so if you can just wait until a goat looks you head on it'll give you the no question look and obviously you see the skinnier horns the shorter face you know neither one of them have uh, a dirty butt but uh, that one goat on the left there looks like she has a story to tell maybe she got too close to grandma or her mom when her mom had a kid maybe she fell who knows but um yeah these are definitely two nannies Um, So I see a question in the chat here we'll address real quick. So Trevor Graves says, so they typically pee immediately when they stand up. We were second-guessing ourselves on our hunt, thinking they might have been stretching because they all seem to make that urination posture. Um, I would say, in my experience, if they've been bedded all afternoon, yeah, the first thing they're going to do is pee. I don't know if you want to chime in there. Well, people are guessing on this one, Marvin, if you have any experience to...
2: Oh, like, yeah. Well, I happened to move the slide kind of worked out well with the question then.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the yeah sure did. Out. <laughs> Nailed yeah. it.
2: Yeah. And I've I've had guys up in the field who like had to wait it out. They I had communication with them and I just said, like, they're confused on what it was. And I just said, wait it out. And sure enough, once it got up from bedding for many hours, uh, it did the it did the stretch and they took it. I took the goat and it was a younger Billy. So,
1: yeah, I don't know uh, if I, I've ever seen a nanny stretch
2: like Billy's I, do. I don't think so, but maybe they're stre- like, I'm just wondering if they were stretching to stretch.
1: Yeah, it's not. I'm going to pay more attention to that in the field now yeah. and see if I can yeah. pick a nanny out doing oh. that.
2: So, I'm guessing everyone's get, getting this one correct.
1: Yep. Yeah, everybody's nailing it. Older nanny, 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 nanny. Yep. So, this is your textbook nanny urination posture. This is actually like a nanny with heavier bases. Um, it's kind of hard to tell body-wise when they're crouched like this. And when they're in their summer coat, they all look so dang muscular. But, yeah. um, you know, you kind of got like a shorter neck maybe. And uh, a lot of times what I've noticed is, is with nannies um, in the summertime, their horns immediately behind their horn, you'll notice their skull goes straight back where with billies you will actually see those glands and so like this is a good picture to show that like as soon as the horn ends skull goes back into the neck and into the atlas joint and and down but i that's something that i picked up on on summer goats when you're out scouting or you know you've drawn your tag or you have your over the counter and you're looking it's it's a good thing to look at Yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead
2: yeah, the thin neck. And again, the location. This is, you know, if you knew the location again, you're going to look twice or more than twice because the horns are thick. But that area's got really good genetics given it's the uh, Okanagan.
1: Darren chimed in in the chat and said that Val Geist, um, RIP, former biologist, warned that nannies do stretch as well for stretching purposes and it can be deceiving. Yeah. So good to keep That's in what mind.
2: I- interesting i kind of guessed that they might simply stretch like any animal will yeah so wow okay adam
1: yeah thanks darren yeah okay so go ahead and chime in here everybody i think this one kind of tells a story um this was during the rut taken in uh, mid-november mid to late november time frame here in southeast Let some guesses come in here. Carolyn Higginson chimed in in the chat and said, "When I've seen Nanny stretch, it didn't seem to last as long as what a pee would, which mm. that's a good point, Carolyn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Billy on the right, Billy on the right. Left need a better look. Top on the left is a nanny, bottom a Billy. got a couple more billy on the right yeah so everybody's kind of spot on in the chat so um on the left yeah up top we've got a nanny and down low we've got a billy and then on the right is just a better picture of the billy that's on the left um so this was these two had been doing the dance for a while and i had been sipping my coffee and watching them and um i just thought it was somewhat of a good field picture so this photo was taken through a spotter at about 800 yards um that nanny and that billy i just you could kind of get a taste of what it's really like in the field for what you're going to see in the spotter for the difference in the horn girth so you can see it and it kind of jumps out at you but until you spend time at looking at one animal you shift that picture on the right it kind of just overwhelmingly tells you it's a billy Um, if if you have You take everything into account you look at his face his horns his body structure he's got a big pot belly you can kind of tell he's got a sway back judging by the picture on the right and then you take the photo on the left that we previously took and so this um sequence of photos just kind of for me was something i wanted to show so that it was available to you to to show that you could see the importance of what digiscoping brings to you as the hunter Um, because a lot of times you will miss things as they happen in the field so say you're watching that billy and that nanny stands up and she turns around and looks real hard up to her left and there's another billy on the ridge up above that you never would have seen but if you check your video afterwards you'll be like oh i wonder what she was looking at and then like a lot of times you'll find more goats that way. And so if you are using um, a spotting scope with the digiscoping setup, it's very valuable in the different ways that you can use it. And this, that was just kind of what I wanted to present here. Okay, what do we see on this one? We got nanny, 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 nanny. Hmm. A few more people typing still. Marvin, when you look at this goat, what do you see? What jumps out at you?
2: Um, I mean, there's some decent. There's some decent mass there. Um, to tell you the truth, the face doesn't look young. The face looks a little bit older as well. Um, I know the neck doesn't look super thick there. It's hard to, you know, that again, that's a bedded angle. So I'm always a bit leery on that. Um, That's pretty zoomed in goat too. So, but it looks like a little bit more of a curl on those horns. Not not a real pronounced kink though, but could go either way.
1: Yeah. So this one is definitely uh, deceiving. We've got kind of a, a mixed story in the chat um Bruce culbertson says let them grow um so this is actually uh this is an older nanny um you can go ahead and, and pan to the next shot and yeah uh, we see she's got her kid from this year and then um a few year old billy there up to the left um i originally thought that this younger goat was a young nanny um but i was fortunately within a couple hundred yards and i watched that I <clears throat> watch that goat urinate so it's like uh, i believe it's a two-year-old billy a kid and then then definitely a nanny and there was a another pair of goats um with these two and it was a young nanny with uh it appeared to be her first kid because she had very short horns and not very many growth rings and so that's always something to keep in mind is you know obviously when you get these pictures you're, you're only looking at a limited amount of variables so you know when you see more than two or three goats together you're you're pretty safe to assume that the biggest goats are going to be older nannies and then those middle goats most more than likely you're going to have a younger billy it seems like it never fails there's a two or three year old billy always in the mix so this is a video of that goat from earlier that sam harvested and i wish i could have paused it at the beginning maybe we can let it play through and come back because you got to see his uh, Harry Dangley's there when he stood up and it told the whole story but you can and we have this video in like time and a half so we can get through it but you see him making his bed and throwing his dirt up on him and getting all comfy and cozy this was taken at like seven fifty at night he was getting bedded up for the evening um sam was fortunate enough to harvest him the next morning um but yeah right right here where he stands up
2: Taking like a grizzly bear. (laughs) Okay. So there we go. We went through all the slides, took about an hour. So we're, this part here is probably gonna be about a half an hour, uh, getting into the four seasons of goat hunting. Uh, This first slide is just more for fun. Um, I call the first season bliss, when you first hear, think about going on a goat hunt or someone you invite to go on a goat hunt, they're just pumped as could be, it's all rainbows and unicorns, Um, so yeah, that's kind of the start of a hunt, and then uh, once you uh, start getting into the hunt, sometimes there's that anxiety that sets in, even going to a new area, even if you've goat hunted for years, sometimes there's a little anxiety about, you know, what are you going to find? you Are going to be able to find goats? Is it going to be ugly terrain? i um, in good enough shape. Then when you're in the hunt, you know, you can see on some of these photos here, there might be a little bit of regret. Um, but let's see what's going Oh. Can anybody hear me?
0: Oh, yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. I think Adam, we lost Adam, we lost Adam though.
2: Oh, that's why I was confused because I didn't know if I was disconnected.
1: Okay, yeah. Who? Do, what was it? Just me? Did I the only yeah. one that went?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so I think you just disconnected. I thought maybe I disconnected. Weird.
0: <laughs> no, no, you're there. Both of you're here.
1: Bummer.
2: All right. So then, uh, there's some regrets, but uh, you know the the survival instinct is in all of us who uh, like to mountain hunt, and we just keep thrashing it out. Uh, no pain, no gain. Uh, and once the trip's done, you get down to the truck. You have a beverage here. I got some, my buddies here. We're getting the gore or the the goat uh, measured up, getting the CI done. They're all smiles, and they can't wait to come back the next year. So uh, typical. Uh, these are the four seasons of goat hunting. Now into the real four seasons of goat hunting. So probably one of the reasons I love goat hunting. Uh, I'm not going to say I'll, I'll go hunt over any other animal. Like if you would ask me, uh, I love sheep hunting as well. I love grizzly hunting, but I can't do it here in DC anymore. But what I loved about goats is I can hunt them from August 1st till February 28th and you can have a longer season if you're in Alaska. So you can hunt like people would ask me, well, what's your favorite time to hunt them And I would say summer, fall and winter they're all different, they're all unique hunts. Um, and for different reasons, it's important to know that. So when individuals are asking, oh, they'd like to go on a goat hunt, or if I ask somebody you wanna come on a hunt, I'd have to, I have to ask like ask some basic questions of what kind of experience are you looking at? Uh, what's your hunt duration? And really, what do you want in a goat? So you're looking for a nice hide, uh, You're looking just for a year amount, uh, meat consideration, sometimes if you're late in the rut, uh, the meat can be a little bit stinky. So that's sometimes a consideration as well. So all these things to consider. Billy or Nanny on that one. Yeah, it looks pretty beefy. Everyone's going to say Billy. So, uh, so. I'm going to kind of go through uh, the early season session and then Adam's going to take the next one. But Adam, you can jump in here if I'm uh, missing anything as well. Uh, So kind of just do a high level overview of the different uh, factors, considerations in each season. Uh, So when we're talking early season, we're really talking more summer, early fall. So uh, in certain jurisdictions, goats open August 1st. Uh, So really I'm talking August, I'm talking talking into uh, uh, September as well, uh, potentially into October as well. Uh, so really, a summer hunt. You're hunting from from up high. It's an alpine experience. So, in my view, and I'm taking uh, kind of first timers out uh, for a goat hunt, I typically recommend more of a summer hunt uh, because you're going to have better weather. Uh, you're going to have that alpine hunting experience. So you're going to cover more terrain. Uh, you can go deep into the mountain range. Uh, the days are longer uh, you've got just a lot more sunlight to, to, to cover ground and to hunt and the weather is a big factor so typically the weather is going to be a little more favorable uh, looking at sort of the hunting itself um, in the summer your goats are typically going to be up high um, similar to say uh, sheep hunting in the summer the goats are up high for a few reasons obviously the vegetation uh, it's greened up the the latest so you're going to have more nutrients you'll also have uh typically more breeze Uh, so what you'll have is uh, the goats will be up higher more breeze means the bugs are going to get on them uh, less and obviously they're going to have a good vantage so uh, they want to be up high so what that allows though if the goats are all up higher you've actually have less ground to cover like if you're hunting later season They're midway down the mountain in the timber there's a lot more area to look into Uh, so yeah if you're more concentrated up high in the nice weather you'll be able to see a lot of goats uh other things here uh weather nice weather is good uh because you can see but if then if the weather is really hot if you're into uh Higher temperatures and blazing sun, uh, goats are really tough to find. They're often going to be uh, in the north facing uh, slopes, in the bowls, tucked in uh, the cliffs, uh, into the snow patches, into little caves. Uh, so they're v- often very difficult to find. We we did a count here a couple years ago in British Columbia when it was really warm out, uh, really hot, I think Darren and a few others were on that count, it was hard to find a goat. Um, so typically, I don't prefer to go to the first two weeks of August, and that's one of the reasons. Um, it's sometimes almost too hot. Um, other things, uh, so the goats, say when it is really warm out, um, they'll come up typically uh, later in the evening, and they would bed on those peaks, and then uh, in the next morning, they would head back down into the, the cliffs and tuck, be tucked away. Uh, another consideration in the uh, the summer kind of hunt would be your meat care and your hide care. So if you're going up for short, like a weekend, you're probably going to be fine because when you get a goat, you'll probably come down pretty quick. Uh, you want to cool the meat quick, uh, keep it in the shade. But if you're up for 10 day hunts, which typically uh, what I do these days, 10 day hunts, you're going to have to think about the hide if you if you're going to keep the hide. Um, and bring salt up so similar to if you're on a sheep hunt Uh, so that's something to consider as well because if you want the hide and to do a to say a shoulder mount uh, you don't want that ruined so you better know how to uh, turn the the lips the eyes the ears the nose and then salt it as well and then keeping the meat cool is all obviously very important Uh, but if you're up high you're probably going to find you know glaciers and snowpack and that sort of thing uh, as far as what you're looking for uh, in the goats uh, so typically you're not going to have your nannies and billies together so your your more mature billies are going to be either solo or they're going to be in a bachelor group of you know teeth two three four or five uh, and then we found that group of seven a couple years ago so uh, that's kind of nice that the the, the billies are tend, tend to hang together uh looking at <laughs> your nannies and kids are going to be together. we mentioned this before, the younger billies, uh, you know, the one to three year olds uh, will potentially be with those uh, nanny and kid groups. Uh, what the advantage, yeah, hunt, you always hear this, that come from a goat from the top uh, rather than coming from below. So in the, the summer hunt, uh, you can often get on top of the goats because uh, they may be bedded just below uh, the peaks. Uh, there's a good opportunity uh, to come from the top, good opportunities to get close, say if you're bow hunting as well. Uh, A big consideration, this is in all seasons really, is is working with uh, the terrain, but working with the fog and and sort of when the fog and the clouds move in and out. So this smaller photo here, there was a goat, I can see him here, Uh, he's bedded, it's pretty small to see. Um, So we were hunkered in our tent Again, we pitched our tent at the very top, so we have you know good vantages into the bowls, into the south-facing slopes. And it was pretty much socked in all the time. It opened up the odd time, but to shoot a goat that's 10, 20 feet from the edge of the cliff, we you cannot get into this bowl. If you were to shoot a goat and it went into the bowl, that's a big consideration. You need to know kind of the terrain if you can even access it. So we said, we're not shooting that goat in that position. We're gonna wait till it gets up late afternoon. So again, uh, typically the goats are bedded till mid morning, say 10 a.m. Um, they're, I mean, they're up feeding till 10 a.m. and then they'll bed most of the uh, early, mo- later in the morning and then into the afternoon. So come three, 4 p.m. Uh, they'll get up and feed. So he did exactly what we thought. He went uh, from that saddle and he went 100 or so yards uh, to start feeding on the south facing slopes. Um, And then the clouds moved in again and we made our move, um, you know, so the goat couldn't see us and we eventually caught up to him um, on this this nice slope here, uh, shot him and then and the weather turned on us again it's really being patient and sort of pattering the goats to see kind of what their patterns are uh, but again being very careful on where where and when you uh, you shoot the goat is important um uh, multi-day hunts so getting into the hunt duration i mentioned uh mentioned that before i used to do a lot of one day hunts weekend warrior style hunts now i pretty much only do 10 day hunts it just allows you more opportunity to uh, to be more selective. So you can go deeper, you can turn more goats down and say, you know what, I got more time. Uh, I'm not gonna rush it. And you can just wait for days. And when you hunt, say more coastal terrain, the weather is going to be nasty. You simply could be in your tent uh, for days and days. On this hunt, that was a 10 day hunt. We had two days we could hunt out of 10 and we ended up getting the billy but that's just what you're prepared for and if you have the length of the time up there you're probably going to find some decent weather but yeah you count on count on uh, there being poor weather. Uh, I've got a comment in about the thermals Uh, so typically uh, in the morning the the thermals so uh, The wind, it's a slight wind, because wind is separate from thermals. Thermal is just the uh, the, the air heating up, and then it moves in a certain direction. So they move downslope in the mornings. And then uh, as the air heats up, they go upslope. There's sometimes only so little you can do with thermals and then again with wind up there. But you can get, um, we do try to watch that. We get winded or if the thermals in the wrong direction, uh, the goats will smell you and they will take off. So Often if I'm heading up a mountain um, and the goats are on a ridge, I will be on the ridge over, say, at 200, 300 yards, 400 yards. Uh, so that way you're coming from beside them. You're not coming from below, but also if the thermals won't affect you as much. Uh, but if there's a whole new weather system, a high is moving in or a low is moving in and there's strong winds, the thermals won't really matter because the wind will screw you anyways um but yeah there's sometimes you just can't do much about the wind i talked about the goats patterns uh bedding close to the escape terrain and uh, yeah i did mention uh, again just looking at the terrain that you're in uh, that's critical Uh, you see a lot of goats that are pretty beaten up, uh, you've, you know, you hear of goats dropping off 500,000 foot cliffs, and there's not much left. Um, you don't really want to get into that situation where there's, you know, the, the, the meat's all uh, torn up, uh, the horns are all busted and you may not be able to even get to that goat. So that's, that's probably one of the biggest things, not just in the summer, but even in the fall hunts is when to shoot, and when not to shoot. Um, Adam, anything there that I, may have missed, and some of these things again, they'll translate over into the later season hunts. So it's just more of an overview of of the style of hunt. I will mention this, in the early season, my favorite time is the first two weeks of September. It's a little bit cooler, Uh, the hides are thickening up um, and you're not gonna get snowed in. So come, depends where you're hunting, but come around September 20th and later, you can get snowed in. So if you're going really deep, you got to come out of over a pass or two and it's you got a foot of snow to deal with it or even less snow wet wet snow of three inches even it could be treacherous so uh, that's just my personal preference if i'm gonna do a summer hunt it's going to be in uh, earlier in september
1: yeah i think you nailed it and then as far as the earlier season stuff goes um you kind of it depends on where you're at. Like a lot of people we're talking to are probably they're going guided or they're, you know, driving up from down south and doing a longer hunt walk in. But for those of us that happen to hunt in our backyards, um, a lot of us will, if we're hunting early season, we'll just watch weather windows and you have the ability to just throw a tarp in your bag and go. And so that's kind of the beauty of early season is you can go fast mm-hmm. and light. Um, but that's yeah. that's about all I have to say about early season. Yeah.
2: OK, we'll move along here to the red, Adam.
1: Okay. So hunting the rut, uh, it's very much a different animal. It's later. Um, your gear choices are very, the thing about gear in the different seasons is you have so much of this co-mingling with your gear. A lot of the things stay the same, but you know, your specialty items start to change and get heavier and more bulky. And, uh, the thing about hunting the rut is it, it you know, it congregates the goats to a specific area. Um, it takes their attention off of predation they're more worried about you know spreading their seed and and fulfilling their natural instincts and um josh Pyers just said in in the chat it's crampon season and it really is um it depends on where you're at but anywhere you're hunting goats in the rut you're gonna see snow um in my experience hunting the rut is kind of like this double-edged sword, right? Because you, you've you got all these billies that you know where they're going to be. If you can find a goat on a mountain, you're probably going to find a good billy if you're in a good goat population area, right? If you're in a population dense area, you're probably going to find a good billy. If you can, if you know where the goats are going to be, or, you know, um, in my experience, if you have an idea where the goats rut every year, typically they're going to be in those same spots those same places now like this year for instance in southeast we did not have near as much snow early on as we typically do so the goats were not in their typical rutting areas this year as they have been in previous years because our snowpack's just not what it was so those goats didn't get drove down driven down driven down excuse me by those late october early november storms so they stayed way up high compared to where they normally would be you know they're they're 500 to a thousand feet higher this fall than they had been in previous falls and so you know it's all kind of circumstantial of your area and if you're fortunate enough to hunt goats in the rut in the same area you know year in and year out like i am you're available you have the ability to take notes And so, like, I know that this set of goats is going to be in this general vicinity during the rut. And this set of goats over down across this range are going to be in this set of cliffs. And so it kind of allows you to, you know, compile data, essentially. And so if you are have the ability to do that, you should. If you don't, you know, you can... you can search out biologists, or if you are fortunate enough to have a mentor, which some of us were not fortunate enough to have. I don't know if Marvin had a very good mentor, but if if you do have the access to a mentor, definitely you know reach out to them because experience is the wealth of knowledge you gotta go to know, right? Um, obviously here, Marvin's pretty experienced with hunting the rut. Um, that photo on the right there, is uh, that's that Billy and that nanny that we shared earlier that were in that top and bottom um, shot from the sex ID? So good on him, he saw it through.
2: Before I move to the next slide here, but I will make a comment on. Mm-hmm. And Adam, you did mention your chances of finding a very old, mature Billy is great. In my view, greatly increased in the rut just because you got so many billies moving and come in and going. So. This, this goat here. It's a thirteen-year-old Billy. Uh, the big, a big, big Billy scores well. Um, there was other billies in this area, and he was my buddy was ready to pull on another one, and we were videoing it. And the video camera went a little glitchy, and it wasn't working. So I told him to hold on, and good thing I told him to hold on because while I was getting the video camera figured out, this monster came out uh, from the from the, the the valley bottom, and we took this big goat. Um, very treacherous terrain. Uh, you'll see in the upper left photo, there's rope, um, rope's kind of a critical thing. I'm not a rock climber. I don't bring all the gear, but we're not free hanging off the rope. Generally, I wouldn't get myself into that situation, but the ropes come in handy a lot, <laughs> especially late season.
1: Uh, and then how about the center photo? Is that the same?
2: Oh, that's the same one. Yeah. Same hunt. Yeah. This photo doesn't have um, any more, more do you, info on it but you anything else there that you might have missed what about um
1: yeah i was going to mention um you kind of have some whites on here um if you throw on over whites or snow camo or anything to make you look more like a goat um, sometimes in the rut those billies are pretty curious um i think back in 19 uh, i think it was 19 2019 i harvested a, a nice goat and uh that situation was kind of similar. We had, um, a kid had popped out of the trees at about 300 yards. And and I thought that we were dead to rights because that kid was stomping and snorting at us. And then the nanny followed him. And then fortunately enough, the Billy was right up the nanny's butt and he followed her out. And it was just one of those perfect situations, you know, right place, right time. You know, you got to stack the cards in, in your favor to some degree, but sometimes it's better to be lucky than good and that was one of those situations and uh you know the the kid had seen us and i thought that it was all over because the kid saw us and it was up but the wind was in our favor the nanny and the billy had no idea what the kid was throwing a fit about and they should have they should have listened to the little kid but they didn't unfortunately enough we brought that billy home but it's just curiosity kills the cat kind of situation and if you can Put yours the you know stack the cards in your favor. Something like wearing whites um, or a Tyvek suit. Um, I know it's legal in Alaska. Danielle, Daniel just commented in the chat asking if it's legal to wear a Tyvek suit to stock NBC. And, and I I've had believed that it was. Can you clarify? It,
2: I've done it. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was going to raise this. I've had I had a go come right in on me. We shot. It was November twentieth. The heat of the the heat of the rut and. With that suit on, I had one come right in at me. I pretty much had to stick the rifle in his face and jump at him. Uh, he was pretty aggressive. Might have thought I was a goat. I don't know. But when they see white like that, they seem to get a little bit excitable. Yeah, it's it's it's, yeah. it's fully allowed. Um, and I
1: think that you know the time of year has a lot to play into that. I know that our early season, I've had the Tyvek suit on and I've had a goats just that are in a pressured area, just straight up flip me the finger and turn around and walk Mm -hmm. away so definitely circumstantial as far as that goes but um in the rut i would highly suggest if you have white and it's not really hot out you should probably have something on Mm -hmm. it can't can't hurt you um aside from hunting the rut there's not a lot more i have to say on it but um during the rut more than any other time you really need to be considering the position of the goat on the mountain and when you pull that trigger or you release. You know you pull your release whatever it is knowing where that goat is and where it has the potential to end up because too many people have gotten themselves in a bad situation just to try and recover a goat and and i know this year in alaska and southeast specifically um there was uh, a higher number of uh uncollected goats because of poor hunter choice Mm uh when they pulled the trigger so not only for the goats and respecting the goat um but also for you know your self-preservation you know be smart um
2: i don't know if we'd mentioned it but typically i mean it's almost all the time when you're hunting the fall it's going to be south facing slopes Um, rarely am i hunting a north facing slope in the fall or in the winter um And what I, I know it's not like this everywhere. When I did a little session for Colorado last year, I talked about braided terrain, south facing braided terrain, which I'm not sure if everyone knows what that is, but it's basically terrain. It's uh, typically, it's going to be very rugged. It's going to have lots of, uh, uh, gorges, creeks, um, tree cover like it's got everything that goats are looking for they're looking for the cliffs they're looking for uh, the water sources and they're looking for tree cover so um, call it very braided Um, you know you can kind of see all the different uh, creeks coming down the side of the mountain Uh, i've kind of looked at that stuff on google earth into going into a new area and i've pretty much as long as you're in goat country uh, that braided terrain is kind of a go-to for 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 me but i know in certain areas like Colorado, they didn't really know what I was talking about with braided terrain. So they said the goats are always up high, summer, winter, fall. They're always up 10,000 feet or so. So um, I think the thing to be prepared for a fall hunt, it's going to be wet, cold, snowy, foggy, it's going to be miserable. So the key we did a 10 day hunt this last November. Pretty much we could light a fire every night and dry out. That was critical to our kind of our mental state so every day we started off pretty much dry and good to go Um, so that that's huge if you're going to go out for long durations it's having the right gear and if you can get a fire going or if you're in an area where there's some wood you can have a maybe a hot tent with you um we talked about rope ice axe use that for the first time this november that was pretty nice trekking poles are a must for me all the time um things like waders for creek crossings when i started off hunting i just got the wiggies waders this year for last last year Um, but i would strip down my first goat i stripped down three times and crossed the same creek three times in november that takes time and it's (laughs) unbelievably cold it's yeah it gets it gets
1: dark early in november too it's dark early
2: like it's time wasted so i should have had them on my sheep hunt this summer we did so many river and creek crossings like those w- Wiggy waiters—I shouldn't be throwing a brand out there, but I will. I, they're just so quick and efficient. Um, so, just things like that will make your trip more enjoyable and more efficient.
1: I uh, will. Uh, I'll chime in here. You had mentioned it. Um, I have a 100 centimeter ice axe, and I can't. I have two now. Um, yeah. I, I cannot speak highly enough of the things. I, it's like my walking axe. I don't carry trekking yeah. poles anymore. Oh, okay, um, yeah. I I have one trekking pole that sometimes depending on the hunt style i'll throw it in my pack if i want it for like setting up a shelter but that tall ice axe like i've i've dug a moat around a a camp before to keep water from coming uphill from into our tent and you know kind of going around the tent um i've used it as a weed whacker um you can you can use it to pull yourself up in the cliffs because it's a lot more sturdy than a pair of trekking poles so um it just kind of it 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 depends on the hunter right but that's like it, if i have one thing all year long that i'm taking it's it's an ice axe
2: it's my first time using one was this year oh, I, I love it i've been at it for years and i'm still learning tricks and it was like it was a game changer going up super steep areas where you could uh, reach up to a root or around a small tree and help pull yourself up um yeah we used it for digging out a camp spot um yeah it's 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 a great uh, tool to have uh we'll keep moving here the last couple sections are going to go a lot quicker uh so into the winter season we initially talked about just like doing a session on winter goat hunting um but i will tell you this winter goat hunting is not uh i would say it's not for the entry-level goat hunter (laughs) it's it's there's a whole uh, raft of other things that you need to consider um there's some positives to it as well, but I will say this, the goats aren't as concentrated. I've done, ai haven't done a winter hunt for 11 years now. Um, I used to do a lot of them. Um, it, 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 the weather obviously can be super cold. Um, it can be warmer. Uh, if you go typically later in say February, the late, late later part of the season, um, this hunt here that's actually the last one i was on with my nephew here um massive amounts of snow uh you're going to need things like the crampons are key um to get up mountains i've climbed from the base to the top of the mountains because the goats were at the peak on the windswept uh slopes having the eating the grasses um it's a tough go it's like to the base of the mountain to the top that's five hours very icy crampons on the whole time uh, so you're going to need a good set of snowshoes and crampons. Uh, we're crossing a snowslide here. It doesn't look steep or that dangerous. It's extremely hard packed and iced over and dangerous. Uh, you've got to deal with the avalanche issues. Um, I've only taken one February goat hunt and there was avalanches everywhere. Um, it was super warm and we had t-shirts on. Uh, Those are the things you got to think about. Uh, I actually don't have Abbey gear like the beacons and probes and shovels but I probably would now I just haven't done it for so many years but now I'd probably hunt a bit smarter. But the goats simply aren't as concentrated. So they're harder to find. I find it's the toughest time to locate goats. Uh, A lot of them are in the timber. So they're worn out physically from the rut and from the cold. So they often they're in the timber, they hardly move, they hardly come out. Uh, They may come out onto a cliff at times. Uh, Then at other times, goats are at the very peak. So that's a tough go on getting up to the top of a mountain uh, with all your gear, if you want to overnight it up there. I think I did talk about it. Uh, more hard packed snow in general later in, in the February hunt. But if you go, say, late December and then most of January, it's a tough slog because you're just into a lot of powder. You're into three, four, five feet of powder. That's not hard. So it, it's a tough go. Um, the hides are still in pretty good shape, but I find that the goats aren't, uh, they're not as healthy. So the one Billy that I that I took in uh, February, I remember grabbing the hide and the hair just ripped right out. So, and like lots of it, it's just, they're not as, as good a health. And often the hides I find more matted and uh, the hides aren't quite as in the good condition as they have a November goat. Um, I Think I covered most of it there. Anything else, Adam?
1: No, I don't have, nope, I got nothing else nope. to add.
2: Okay. I guess that was another photo there again there so we've got the the white suit on on that upper corner uh, i find those those painter suits though they they tear pretty quick and easy i mean they only cost five or seven bucks or whatever they were at the time but uh, yeah they they snag but they're super lightweight so they're they're better than nothing okay let's yeah. go into spring adam
1: Yeah, so the spring, it's pretty much everything you heard in the winter. Um, This is just kind of a good photo. This photo was taken or well, both photos were taken on Kodiak Island. So Kodiak Island is the only place in Alaska where we get to hunt goats in March. Um, It is an over-the-counter tag, but it's a registration tag, which means that there is a, a, you know, X number of goats taken, they will shut it down. So it is kind of quota based, um, but it it is an over-the-counter opportunity. for residents and non-residents alike, uh, if non-residents just have to be accompanied by a guide with the contract. Um, But this photo is kind of a great photo to kind of show you what goat country on Kodiak can be like. Um, They're kind of right below the A in Alaska on this slide. I have seen goats um, as low as right there. And they've been as high as where I'm sitting in the the photo of my feet there, staring out of my tent early in the morning. It's kind of an awesome opportunity in the spring, kind of kick off your year, you know, in a great way. Um, Same thing with, you know, doing a late winter hunt in BC there. You know, if you can get out and hunt in January or February, it's kind of a great way to kick off the year. Um, A lot of the concerns are the same. The snowpack is changing. It's getting harder packed. You're, you know, looking at more slab type avalanches. You definitely need to be familiar with avalanche terrain and and, um, avi gear. Um, But, like, what a beautiful day right that the high sun and you know anybody that sat in a wind protected spot and had the sun beat on their face it's, it's a pretty good spot to sit and then this is just kind of a pano to the left of some some goat terrain here and and this is where we have you know i have typically found goats late in the winter early in the spring is they they find these canyons that aren't very high on the mountain but they get good sun from the south you're going to see those early sprouts up in the springtime um, they've got great escape terrain you know anything tries to chase a goat down in the center of that slide um you know they're going to be able to outnavigate anything and then on the back side of this ridge what you can't see is there's a series of cliffs going every which direction where these goats pretty much have escape terrain as soon as they pop up and over and so Basically, the the big thing when you find yourself hunting goats in situations like this is, you know, crampons are pretty much a necessity and, um, you know, a part of the, the entry level. You know, ropes, crampons, ice axes, something that we didn't mention earlier is like ropes are great. And the ability to use ropes on a mountain are great, but if you are not familiar with that kind of gear, you have no business even putting it in your pack because it can get you into such a more dangerous position than if you didn't have them. So just something to keep in mind is is, is if you do have any desire to take ropes or crampons or anything that can you know gain you an advantage you should be aware that it can also put you in a terrible disadvantage if you're not familiar with how to use them properly and safely so just something to keep in mind especially when ropes are involved is is if you don't know how to use ascenders and you know tie the proper knots and you know wear your harness properly and you know the the proper kind of of uh, anchors you know etc how to belay somebody into a position like it There are different people out there that can, you know, educate you. I'm sure, you know, unfortunately for me living in a small town Southeast, it's pretty hard to be educated. So I'm a YouTube professor, but, um, I'm sure those of you that are in larger towns would be able to, you know, seek out rock gyms or, you know, somebody put on an Abbey class or, or whatever. But that, those are the things that come to mind when I see terrain like this is if you're going to use that kind of gear, definitely make sure you're educated
2: the one thing I didn't mention I was I wanted to mention we talked about lots of the, some of the key gear. Uh, if you're not using the crampons like even in the summer, but really those later season hunts um, is a good set of boots with good soles. So I've been with partners where they're slipping a lot and then I say, let me look at your soles and they're rounded off. Um, so now with my partners, if they don't live in the same town, if I'm taking somebody, I say, send me a photo of your soles. It's critical having a good, fairly stiff boot with good shank. Um, three out of the five of us on this last November hunt had a mountaineering boot and it showed it was a big difference and how we could kick our heels in, side hilling. Just the level of confidence was higher uh, with the three of us that had a really good boot and with basically really good new soles on them as well. So just something to to be mindful of. It's it's a game changer. And, and to me, safety is critical out there. Adam, you've mentioned many things. The boots is another one in my view. Well, that's almost an hour and three quarter. How many have we got? How many did we lose? Well, I, think um, we actually, uh, I think we actually... We gain. We gained? gained. <laughs> we gained? <laughs> um, how
1: okay. My people will be in yeah. touch,
2: Chuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're looking
0: for royalties now, right?
2: <laughs> we're looking for questions. Oh. We're looking for hard questions. Not hard. Yeah, we
0: we have a couple questions on the on the platform here. Um I don't know, Adam, were you watching them? I was I was so intrigued. yeah I, I saw
1: a few. So one of the ones that jumped out at me was um I scrolling back up here a gentleman asked marvin what size of pack um is ideal and it's actually kind of expired out of the chat i don't remember who asked it it might have oh. been um a josh and i think he was asking 5000 6000 7000 i had chimed in and and i personally i use i mean i i have had an external frame i have i have done the gamut of packs i've had an external frame i'd have a couple different internals a kafaru a stone glacier um you name it but I like the 8,000 cubic inch range, and that's including my lid and my pockets, and you know, however else I set up my pack. But I like to have the ability to have more options than less. So, personally, for me, um because my hunting partner sam i know you're still listening he has too small of a pack and he needs a larger one so Absolutely. if there's any sponsors listening give me a phone call
2: I'll, I'll, I'll say or... i'm a firm believer in what aaron schneider says he's never been on a trip where he's wished he had a smaller pack i go yeah. with the yep. largest pack i can get um my my training pack which i don't take in the mountains anymore is an 8,400. Uh, the pack I have now with all the extras, I'm probably at 10,000. I basically if I hunt and most of my partners we hunt with to hunt together are physically ready, try to be as ready as we can mentally knowing that we're going to potentially pack our own sheep or goat ourselves. And if you're talking in the fall, I mean, it's going to be almost impossible to take a, a full, life, say a life-size goat cape and all the meat yourself. But I want a large pack in order to, to be able to accommodate and, and go solo potentially, or take my own animal out. But now the packs all have the, uh, the extra load shelf. So that helps, but then your weight could be sticking out, you know, that makes it awkward to hike if your pack is, you know, yeah, definitely like
1: center of gravity is something to keep in mind if you're looking at that, but yeah i'm I'm with you i'm into
2: big go big just because you can cinch it down and make it smaller but it's hard to make your pack bigger and you want a lot of junk hanging out on the outside of your pack mm -hmm.
1: well and in the consumer world that we live in like the price to go up you know 200 cubic inches or two thousand cubic inches whatever it may be it's not that much when you're looking at you know what you're really going to pay at the end of the day and like me and, and my hunting buddies, we have a plethora of tags in our pockets when we go afield. Yep. So, you know, whatever it yep. may be, it's good to so, have options.
2: So what really sucks is when you're the guy with the 8,500 or the 10,000 cubic inch pack and your partners all have five thousands, 5,500.
1: Yep. That's I've, me. I've thanks in thanks there. a lot, Sam. Yep. That, that sucks. <laughs> you got more room for my spotting scope? <laughs> yeah. Do you think my sleeping I'm... pad will fit in there?
2: it's like yeah anyway that's a good plug too for friday we're going to get more into the story time and i'm sure we'll finish off with that Uh, the plug Mm -hmm. that we'll do there is is just having a good old bs session talking about um you know the stories and the the good the bad and the ugly so that that'll be fun for sure but any more questions there
0: uh yeah we got one uh clay weber's asking how close to goats how close to goats do you need to be in order to hear them vocalize hearing the bleats
1: i have been scared. as far as three hundred yards away and heard. Um, so I heard a said Billy and the rut and the kid and the nanny went like this on the mountain, and we were about three hundred yards away. But mind you, dead calm, light snow, um, and we could hear them vocalizing back and forth until they got back together.
0: Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good point. And I, I think it's all conditional, right? Based on yeah. uh, wind mm-hmm. and you totally, know whatever yeah. else is going on uh another question here do you guys e-scout for new areas is it such a thing as for example with mule deer
2: uh uh scout all the time i mean yeah i, I hunted I, before I google earth right because I, I i i was hunting pretty much before the <laughs> internet so uh, google Earth, was <laughs>
1: <phenomenal>. father time <laughs> here
2: well google earth was was Easy. a game changer
1: but... <laughs> marvin's old <laughs> hey <laughs> I've so am 30, i i'm I've been with married you
2: 30 years i can't be that young if i've been married 30 years
1: he's got more hair than i do so it depends on what we're calling so, old hair.
2: um yeah e scout. like i'd mentioned i scout out i like i rarely and i i didn't say this i maybe i'll talk about it friday i rarely go back into the same spot twice like i love to see new country uh that's just love to 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 explore so what i do is e scout and again, in the fall, I'm looking for those braided kind of south facing slopes.
1: And like e scouting, there's so much to dive into there. We can maybe we'll touch on it on Friday. Because yeah. There's, yeah, there's so many yeah, different sure. platforms and things to use. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and it's a good cliffhanger to make people show up on Friday.
2: There is. There is. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um I have a a question I think we'll finish off and then we can, like you said, we can carry stuff into the Friday session too. So we'll make note of any questions that are left, but I'm going to ask each of you this question. Uh, Marvin touched on at the very start of the presentations here. Uh, Favorite goat recipe, Adam.
1: I'm going to make Marvin go first since he made me present. first. Oh, you know, I
2: I told my wife when she made the, the roast recently and I just finished it tonight here at work. I said that's the best roast you've made. What did you do to it? Um the roast was good, but actually our go to favorite is all it we, we get the sausage done up. So um it's it's a cheese jalapeno smoky. That's kind of our go to all the time. Um but goat, I mean I like it in burger. I I you know, I think we ate we like we had the heart one year. Loved heart. I love the organs, right? I had liver, but liver wasn't so good on the goat. Um, so I'd say the favorite is the is the this is the sausages, but right on. I don't know. I um, like it
1: all. Yeah, I kind of a convoluted question because my favorite way to eat goat is half cocked. After we brought it home, frying up backstraps in the, mm-hmm. the <laughs> skillet, you know, in the kitchen, For sure. As we're reminiscing on the hunt, but. Um, Or over a fire in the field, but um, in the home, like my wife and my two young boys, like we just, we hammer down on goat burger, whether it's tacos Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. meatballs or meatloaf. I mean, we have goat tacos, like, you know, once a week until it's gone. And then we ask uncle Sam to bring some more, um, Goat burger. But um there, there is one thing that I have done with black bear that I have not done with goat. And if somebody has an opportunity to do it before I do, I highly suggest um trying uh blackening in an entire front quarter with blackening seasoning. Let it cure for 24 hours and then put it on the smoker. And you put it on the smoker until you know you can do one of two things. You can put it on the smoker for, you know, three hours until it, the smoke is penetrated and it won't penetrate anymore you know probe it finish it in the oven until it comes up to temp but um i have had no better black bear than a whole quarter blackened and smoked on a quarter on a and smoked on the smoker so that is a goal of mine to, in the coming years is to blacken an entire goat quarter and then it basically falls apart and you have pulled goat or pulled bear and then you can package it and you know one one and a half pound uh, freezer bags and then you pull it out anytime you want uh, serving so that's something i'd like to wow. try in the future now
0: my mouth is watering now thank you very much for that adam
1: <laughs> my pleasure <laughs> well
0: guys uh we are closing in on our uh drop dead time frame here uh awesome thank you guys so much the presentation was great lots of great engagement and, and uh a lot of a lot of gems in there so we're going to continue this on friday um so thanks to all the uh, members for chiming in i think we we got pretty close to 60 participants tonight which is awesome so we appreciate you all we're gonna we're gonna kill the live stream for now and give us a couple days blake's gonna do some editing and clean it up and post it up on the platforms sorry on the podcast platforms and um, there'll be a link to it on spike Camp and on the socials. so um, join us for the third session this friday night seven o'clock january 12th we're going to have a round table of a bunch of goat killers it's going to be a fun one so make sure you join us